0: Any chance of the Bold Type reunion or movie? Sure.
1: Hmm. (laughs) Yes! You're like, I want to... Like, it's done. She's at it. (laughs) I'm like, I'm grabbing that straw and holding on to it for the rest of my life. (laughs) We're coming to you from the future. (laughs) I hate us. I hate us. Because today's episode is very exciting. We spoke with Aisha D, the Australian actress who you may know from The Bold Type, an absolute icon. I love her. So we've recorded this quite a few months ago now, mm. which was way before the SAG-AFTRA and Hollywood strikes that have been happening. We fully support the strikes and everything that's going on. And Asia didn't like cross any boundaries yeah. or anything with the some of the topics that we do cover in today's show talking about past projects and stuff like that. So yeah. we just wanted to put a little disclaimer out there. Yeah. But it's a really fun episode, so yeah. strap in. Yeah and let's get into it strap in and strap on as we like to say ow ow let's go <laughs> hey chicks i'm sal and i'm al and this is two broke chicks the show where we share life lessons because we're broken funds but rich in life and oh my god <laughs> we are so excited to be joined by the beautiful asia d today on the podcast we- hello thank oh. you so much for coming on how are you going
2: good considering it was an early morning how early yeah how early are we talking i got up at at like six because i had to start at seven and i like to do a bit of yoga before i start the day so wholesome queen are
0: you good at waking up in the morning because i fucking suck
2: (laughs) I'm not good at it, but I think like the fact that I managed to do it and not sleep through my alarm—that's always kind of a feat. That's good.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna reframe my mindset, being like, I might be an hour late, but I got up. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
1: like, I did do yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Set it as like a competition for yourself. I feel like yeah. the Aries in you would love true. that. Like, <laughs> I beat You're yesterday. Aries. Yeah.
0: But, mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like people, I love it, it okay good I feel like people either are like oh
1: you're in an Aries and I'm like oops mm-hmm. <laughs> what's your star sign Aisha? I'm a Virgo but and Beautiful. I know like
2: fire and earth are not supposed to go together but I love Aries. All my friends are Aries. I fall in love with Aries.
0: Oh my yeah. God. Yay. We're either yeah. going to be best friends or fall in love. Into it. <laughs> You're like,
2: I like oh, I'm i like, I'm
0: already there. So whatever you need. Here if you need. Here if you need. Be cool. Be hey. cool. Be cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be chill, man.
1: Well, we do have a lot of questions to run you through today. We're so excited, but we love to start our episodes with a life lesson of the week. So Asia, mm. as our guest of honor, would you like to share your biggest life lesson from this week? oh from this week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it can be big or small silly or stupid serious whatever you it, like
2: one to trust I'm learning to trust my intuition oh like the huge ways in which your gut tells you to do stuff I, f- I feel like the older I get the more I'm like oh I knew all of this right when it was happening even though I didn't really know everything yet so I'm trying to learn how to like Listen to what my tummy tells me to do. <laughs> it's
0: so interesting. And, you know, I have a theory that, like, your gut has, like, a specialty. So, mm. like, Sal's gut is really good on people. Like, yeah. Sal can always tell if, like, someone's the right person for you. And then I feel like my gut's really good with, like, decisions or, like, knowing like, if something's like gonna be the right thing to do. Yeah, the right move. Yeah. People, I'm not very good at that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's where I come I'm in like- and I'm like, get out. <laughs> that's why I have two ex boyfriends.
0: <laughs> but, you know, whereas like the decision is I'm like, nah, this isn't good. We gotta go. I was like, we gotta bounce. Whereas mm-hmm. like people, you're really good with that. Does your gut have like a specialty or is it just talented in all,
2: all regards? No, <laughs> it's like pretty multi talented. Yeah. I don't wanna you <laughs> But like, I mean, I'm just feeling like it's it's such a weird life lesson to kind of know that you knew something before you knew it in your head. You so actually knew crazy. it. crazy. Yeah, that's my big life lesson. That and how valuable sleep is. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, those are both two yeah. solid ones.
0: Yeah, great one. Mm-hmm. What's yours, Al? <laughs> okay, mine's really upsetting. <laughs> great. Mine's really... <laughs> before the episode, I was, like, I was like, I've got something really traumatic to tell you, but I'll tell you on the podcast. <laughs> so, my life lesson is to know how many episodes are in the TV show you are watching. Oh. Because. Because. Asia, I don't know if you know this, but I'm actually in a very committed relationship with Henry Cavill.
1: <laughs> he doesn't actually <laughs> S- know. But.
0: Specifically Witcher, Henry Cavill. But mm-hmm. but also, like whatever baby wants to do, baby can do. Mm. And
1: we support mm-hmm. our king.
0: I was watching season three, like the second part of season three last night, and it's Henry Cavill's final season as The Witcher, and then it's being recast to Liam Hemsworth for season four. And wow. I was like, okay, Henry, this is it. This is this is the final countdown. I'm watching it and it's really good. It was really good. And then, because in my head, I'm like, all right, Netflix, 10 episodes, like standard. Anyway, I watched an episode. I go to watch the next one and there was no <gasps> next episode. I was like, that was a really good episode. There was no next episode. There's only eight episodes and I didn't emotionally prepare myself oh. to say goodbye to Henry as this character and like, to watch because you know when you're going into this like the season finale you're like all right this is the big one Mm -hmm. this is the really settling yeah i'm like let's go we have got the appropriate snacks and and beverages i just just thought we had more time together (laughs) and we didn't and i wasn't ready and i was like well great oh
1: my god i'm so sorry for your loss i know it was really hard Mm for me thank you it's really
2: stupid. It's a really stupid what? life lesson. Eight episodes is an assault. That's not right. Thank you. <laughs>
0: what a tease. And like, I'm <laughs> never going to. This is so dramatic. But I am never going to watch an episode of Henry Cavill in The Witcher for the first time ever again. Mm. That's what's happening in my head, and I just wasn't prepared for that. This yet. is
1: the first day of the rest of your life. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, I'm going to send a very <laughs>
0: lengthy email to Netflix. They're like spam. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're blocked immediately. <laughs>
0: anyway, that's my life lesson. <laughs> I love Be it. Be
1: prepared. Mm, yeah, I think that's good. We can apply that to lots of different yeah. things. My life lesson of the week is to get back in tune with your inner child. Aww. So I feel like this has been a big conversation ever since Barbie released and we found out that was like kind of a big theme of the film. And I've just seen so many of the girlies on TikTok like buying themselves a Barbie for the first time in years or, you know, Mm. just really talking about like speaking to your inner child and I think there's so many ways that you can do that, Mm. whether it is something like that or, I don't know, like listening to your favourite song from when you were a little kid or like watching a movie that you loved that you'd completely forgotten about. Mm. Or like a hobby that you used to love when you were a kid as well. Yeah. Like just doing things like that that gave you like unbridled joy as a little kid that you've probably let go of or haven't made time for as an adult. Do you know what we do all the time
0: that we do as little kids is that we play make-believe.
1: Like we do our little bits. Oh, yeah.
0: That's yeah. so true. Like, I loved playing make-believe
2: as kid. <laughs> I play Are make-believe we... as my job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That. I've yes. never grown up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was playing make believe, like as in like proper proper make believe, till a really old age. <laughs> I was like <laughs> ten yes. playing make believe, being like, call me
2: Jasmine. <laughs> like, yeah, love it. Yeah, it's fun to be a dickhead. It's, it's fun to so be fun. A child. Yeah, like I was actually just on a like a holiday with some old friends of mine, and you know I felt like I was. 12 years old again because we were just doing dumb shit like dancing around the kitchen and just just being like kind of aggressively ourselves yeah. in this way We were not in our usual space we were on holiday so nothing felt real <laughs> and like I don't know it was nice to kind of regress <laughs> Back to the 12-year-old version of myself. It yeah. is because
0: as well, I feel like so many interactions in, you know, our 20s or our 30s as we're like growing to adulthood, it's like coffee catch-ups where you're like catching up over like, how's work or how's your partner mm. or how's this, blah, blah, blah. And then like to just, I say this all the time, but to just have meaningful connections where you can just be, as you said, aggressively yourself and just be a bit stupid. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to talk about anything in life. You can just be being a silly, silly little girl, boy, they, them, and just have the best time. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, I love those life lessons. Great work, everyone. Gold (laughs) star. star for all. Yeah. (laughs) So, as we've mentioned, we are big old fans and we absolutely loved you in The Bold Type. The Bold Type is one of our favorite shows, like
1: Ever. When it ended, we were sobbing. I think it's one of the foundations of our friendship hour.
0: Yeah, fully. It definitely is. And the show covered many important themes, but one of the main ones being the true importance of friendship. So we wanted to ask you what your personal green flags and red flags of friendship are.
2: I think, like, I mean, one of the big things for me especially kind of lately in my life, I've been noticing that I deliberately surround myself with people who are truth tellers, friends that don't just kind of say what we want to hear. Like Mm. I want to be in the kind of friendships where we call each other on our bullshit and we say when we're kind of like disappointed in how someone else is acting or like, I don't know. I I want real relationships with my friends, not ones where we're just kind of, trying to make everything seem okay even if it's not because I think those really deep friendships you get to see you know you get to see the grime and the dirt and all of the parts of our personality that we usually kind of like keep hidden Mm -hmm. Uh, our best best friends get to see those so I don't know I think green flag is someone who's gonna tell the truth even when it's uncomfortable Mm
1: -hmm. yeah you don't want just like yes men in your circle Mm. how do you go about
0: doing that so for example if a friend has upset you or disappointed you in a way how would you go about navigating that conversation without hurting your Mm -hmm. friend's feelings or without making them feel uncomfortable and making that kind of like a safe conversation if anyone's listening to that and they want to do that more but they're kind of nervous about the conflict how would you navigate that conversation
2: well I mean I think like it's not for everyone right Mm. like some I might want a friendship like that but it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone moves that way and we don't move that way in every single one of our relationships but I actually feel like I've been really blessed to be surrounded by people who've actually taught me how to communicate in Mm. that way you know I know when I was doing the bull type with Katie and Megan like we were spending so much time with each other and you can't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean like 14 hours a day mm. together at 4am there's kind of no there's no filter yeah you just kind of have to be honest with each other and that experience really taught me a lot it taught me how to like bring things up at the right time and how to bring them up in a way that is coming from a place of love yeah I mean Katie and Megan are like my longest, most intimate relationship I've ever been in. <laughs> oh,
1: so, wow, I love that. Yeah. Any yeah.
0: chance Any chance of the bold type reunion or movie? Sure, I don't know. Yes! <laughs> You're like,
1: I want to, like it's done, she said it. I'm like, I'm grabbing that straw and holding onto it yeah. for the rest of my life. <laughs> no, I actually, I just
2: went to see, I went to see Katie in Nashville. She just had her little cute baby so, so beautiful. beautiful i spent some time with katie and her family and we had the most beautiful weekend she's so gorgeous and she's like thriving at the moment and we talked about a reunion like what would what would we do and then i saw megan in london and we also discussed reunion. it's it's like something that only the three of us are talking yeah. about like, <laughs> like no, no one else one money has approached us <laughs> this is just like <laughs> Us wishful thinking.
0: You know. Well, look, I feel like getting the cast on board is the first step. Mm, exactly, so, the wheels are in motion. Yeah, and we that's can. What we like
1: to hit. We can pull our pocket yeah. money. Yeah. We can fund it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I like give you my
0: Night piggy home. bank,
1: and I'm like, there
2: you go. done.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll
2: just shoot it on our phones. It'll be
1: fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll just put it on TikTok. Yeah, I'm into it. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> So you've obviously had a very successful career and moved around a lot. Have you ever found it difficult to maintain your friendships now that you're an internationally renowned superstar? Well, it's <laughs> well, like
2: overstatement, but sure, <laughs> definitely um, not. Uh, yeah, don't undersell uh, yourself. Yeah, okay, okay. Sure. <laughs> yes, I do. I find it really difficult, actually, to like maintain my friendships and keep in contact with people because I'm not really like a phone girl. I'm not a big texter. I love phone calls. Like I love to like sit on the phone for hours and just kind of even not speak for 10 minutes, but just kind of be like folding laundry and like kind of existing (laughs) with someone over the phone. And that's not for everyone. I know a lot of people don't like phone calls, but (laughs) I love them. Like I'm a bit old school like that. I'm starting to get better at it actually, like, i have recently, just probably in the last year or two of my life, started to kind of, because for a long time, my focus was, like, career, and I was, like, so determined. I really wanted to succeed, and I didn't want to feel like I let myself down, and I thought, like, oh, if I just focus on work all the time, then I'll feel better, and then you kind of realize that like just kicking career goals like doesn't actually make you happy in your heart mm-hmm. and your soul so just in the last couple of years I've started to kind of prioritize creating community for myself a little bit more and I still move around a lot but like yeah I have some really really beautiful communities in Melbourne and Sydney and LA in Europe so they're out there and I I don't get to have a normal, normal life, but Mm -hmm. I'm trying to lean into it a bit more.
0: I really like that rebrand of like friendship groups to communities. I feel like that's such a nice way to look at it rather than being like, yeah, my group, which, you know, kind of the way that that has like negative connotations to it as well, like the exclusivity of it all. Mm. But like, I feel like community is such a nice way to look at, you know, your different communities and different things. Like you can have Workplace, a workplace community, or like mm-hmm. your where you grew up community, and like all that kind of stuff. I really, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that by the way. I'm just letting you know, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna can I borrow it, sprinkle it in your repertoire. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pepper that. I'm gonna start peppering that in my,
2: my life. I'm realizing like having a strong community is such a big part of having, for me, like feeling strong in my mental health and having a strong sense of community. Like go so hand mm. in hand, and. I think it's only probably been in the last few years that I've had like a really beautiful queer community around me. Cause I was like, I spent a lot of my life in the closet and then I spent a lot of my life like not be, I find it difficult to make friends sometimes. And now I feel like I have so many beautiful queer artists and people around me. And like that has really altered and changed the way that I'm able to move through the world, even when I'm not with those people, mm. just a feeling of safety and kind of being seen
0: probably probably also gives you the space to maybe feel a little bit more like yourself or like come into like who you are mm. supposed to be. I've definitely felt that like especially in my later 20s finding people yeah. that I'm like oh I don't have to be I don't have to be anything. I can just be myself and it's so amazing when you have you know that community that can uplift you and give you the space to explore who you are in your individuality. And obviously that's amazing because you can explore your career and have that whenever you need it. And you don't have to kind of nurture that garden every single day to be like, oh, I haven't texted Mm. my friend. And Mm. your career is something to be so incredibly proud of. It's amazing to have followed you and watched you just grow and flourish. But in your experience, have you ever battled with imposter syndrome? And how did you deal with that? If you did, maybe you didn't, maybe you're like, I'm amazing.
2: (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. I still really struggle with that. I think that's like a life long kind of thing but I don't know something I'm realizing is that like you know when we're talking about like being kids mm. and going back to kind of like playing make-believe and being silly <laughs> I'm kind of realizing that like all of these people that I look up to all of these people that seem kind of larger than life they are also still a little eight-year-old child on the end <laughs> side we all are and we're all just kind of guessing Mm. and kind of just throwing stuff at the wall and so it's nice when you can kind of be like okay I feel like an imposter but probably so does everyone else so I think it's okay if you feel a little bit less alone and that's not to say I don't still really struggle with it I I definitely do (laughs) Mm.
1: but I think recognizing that that is a very human experience is so helpful because you don't put pressure on yourself but also pressure on others like when they might make fuck-ups or whatever it is you're like okay like you're also just human you're trying Mm. to figure it out as you go as well yeah which is part of being in your 20s and beyond I Mm -hmm. think for better or for worse so as we mentioned our show is all about life lessons and you recently worked on the SBS series Safe Home which was amazing. What was the biggest life lesson that you picked up from that role specifically?
2: Oh wow there, there was so much that I learned from that show and so mm. many beautiful gifts that that show gave me. I like met some really wonderful beautiful people who like inspire me in 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 more ways than one like not just in terms of like their artistry but also who they are as people and how they move through the world I think like the biggest thing for me was that it kind of like opened up really interesting conversations that I had not been like I had not been kind of brave enough to have those conversations before because they kind of felt like maybe it's too much to have this conversation Mm. but I was kind of gave me this feeling of bravery to like open things up with my family with my mom with my grandma with my friends kind of like expanding the conversation on like coercive control and how how abuse can look so many different ways and how there is no perfect victim and there is no perfect perpetrator to make these things make sense so yeah I mean I've I've gained so much but I think the most beautiful thing was that it like it facilitated so many beautiful conversations in my personal life.
1: Mm, I'm sure it did the same for a lot of people who watch the show as well. Like it's cool how we can take in, you know, a show or, you know, a piece of media, but it really does have an impact on how we see the world and speak with the people in our lives. And I also love seeing it through an Australian lens as well. I don't know why that always just hits home a little Mm. bit more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely very specific and we shot it like all, all around the North side of Melbourne. So all of those places and I was living in the north side of Melbourne at the time so like often just kind of walking to work, walking to set and the places felt really familiar, they feel really specific and the people feel specific and familiar too which is a huge part of why Anna Barnes, our writer, is so incredible at what she does.
0: Amazing. And moving on to, you know, the next step in your career, congratulations (laughs) on your ambassadorship with Lancome. Thank you. So, so exciting!
2: I know it's really cool because, like, I mean, this is not something I ever have had like on my vision board. It's not like a, <laughs> something I ever saw for myself. But mm-hmm. just knowing that Lancome Australia and New Zealand have never had an ambassador before, and the fact that they were so open and excited to it being me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> It feels really cool and it it is inspiring to me for so many reasons, but especially because, you know, growing up there's been kind of, I guess, examples of kind of figures in beauty that have existed kind of overseas, but especially when it comes to Australia and our exports and how we're kind of seen on a global scale, we're seen in a very specific way. So to be a part of something that is so special in expanding the conversation on on beauty and kind of like elevating the way we talk about it and the people at Lancome are just so excited about expanding that conversation too. So it feels like a really beautiful partnership and I'm just, I'm really excited about what we're going to be able to do. Mm,
0: it's exciting seeing both parties like yourself and Lancome come to the table in an industry that has been, you know, exclusionary in the past and have mm. you, you know, kind of be the fearless leader at the front mm. is just really amazing to see.
2: How does yeah. that feel? Like,
0: are you, do you feel really excited by that? Do you feel, you know, do you have any ideas? What, what, how does that feel? Uh, I have a lot of ideas. Yeah. I mean, of course you've got ideas. I'm like, um, <laughs> imagine if you feel like, so no.
2: I <laughs> look, I, like I said, I'm not like a, beauty fashion girl. Like mm. I, it's not really my world. Like I'm pretty normal. Like I'm a bogan. <laughs> so,
1: You're sad. preaching to the choir sister. <laughs> this is
2: how we all get along. To be honest, you know, that's really <laughs> who I am at my core. But I think like, we all remember seeing like Lancome on the bathroom counter. Like when our moms were doing their makeup, we mm. all remember seeing that it's an iconic brand. Like, it has been a part of culture for so long. And when I think of the brand, it reminds me of, like, because I'm obsessed with 1920s Paris and Josephine Baker Mm. and the huge movement that was happening there at the time, which was this explosion of culture and art. And it was also kind of the first big explosion of, like, diversity because you were seeing stars like Josephine Baker were coming to the front for the first time. And it was around the time of Lancome, and like, I just I think there's something really special about kind of bringing this specific brand into the conversation again, and seeing like how much further we can take that. Especially because I don't think it's really happened in Australia yet. I think I think it's it's exciting. We're still like young. We're a young country. We have so much further to go. And I think there's, I can feel the excitement. Like kind of like bubbling beneath the surface in terms of where we can take it and there's lots of really exciting stuff in the works that I don't think I'm allowed to talk about (laughs) I'm
0: like come on
1: (laughs) yeah it's really exciting we'll have to keep an eye out Mm, absolutely I can't wait to see continuing on the beauty train Hmm. in your opinion what's the most underrated beauty product that everyone should have in their arsenal
2: Hmm. I mean I think I think it varies from person to person I think it has to be like a personal thing right Mm -hmm. so for me because you know depending on the day and depending on the time of the month like sometimes I just don't wear makeup because I can't be bothered but on days where I just want to look like beautiful and I want my skin to look clear because I have PCOS and I get really bad acne sometimes the one product for me that like kind of has stayed in like heavy rotation is like the Lancome Tante Doll stuff because it's really like has this high pigment and it stays on my skin and I'm like a bit messy and I like to touch my face a lot and I move (laughs) around a lot so it stays in place you know like as much as I'm happy to let my acne scars out when I feel like it there are some days where I want them to go away and Mm. (laughs) that's that's kind of like a big one for me
0: yeah, I love that because as well, I think there's a massive conversation about self love and being like, no, like love, love everything about yourself. But sometimes it is okay to be like, Do you know what? Today, I just, I'm not feeling it. Like, I'm not mm. vibing. I don't want to be like, super like, yeah, I love myself. It's like, <laughs> like it's okay to have moments where you're like, ugh,
2: like I'm not vibing this. <laughs> well, I think like, but we have to be easy on ourselves mm. on those days too, right? because if it's about self love, then it should be about the fact that you can express yourself however you want to and if if you feel like you want to express yourself in a way to where you want to beat that face and you want to have your contour and your highlight and the whole thing pop in then you should do that and no one should question you on it I think it's a personal thing and it's an ever-evolving kind of thing and beauty is such a amazing form of expression it's like a we all kind of express ourselves when we when we walk out of the house every day Mm. we put on clothes we put on makeup or we don't we do our hair or we don't and it's all an expression of who we are yeah yeah I love that
1: I never feel like quite myself until you know I've got like the hair and the fit and the makeup Mm. that's when I'm like I really feel like I'm letting my inside shine out
0: yeah I feel like especially when because, you know, Sal and I work from home, but especially in COVID, like we weren't leaving, we weren't going out. And then sometimes mm. there were days that I was just like, oh, do you know what? I just need to put a bit of makeup on. And I just, mm. I just put it on and it wasn't a, th- a thing of I felt ugly or I felt like I looked bad. It was just like I just needed to kind of express myself a, bit, a little bit. And I remember mm. looking in the mirror and I was like, okay, there she is. Yeah. I was like, she's...
2: Makeup is not for anyone else. I don't do my makeup for anyone else, for the benefit of anyone else, for how you feel about it, what you think of my makeup. My makeup is for me and my hair is for me and all of it is actually, like, it's personal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a really important question that I wanted to
0: ask, and this was oh. actually the first thing that I wanted to <laughs> ask you when we locked in this interview. Okay. But you were also in the iconic show The Saddle Club playing Desi oh. Begins. So, again, this is an incredibly important question. What are your thoughts on horse girls? What
2: right, are my thoughts on horse girls? Yeah. Love them. Same right? Right?
1: Because, as two <laughs> self confessed horse girls, we feel like they've been wow. getting a bad rap.
0: I'm sick of the slander on horse girls.
2: Well, I think that's just because people are jealous. They're jealous of your connection to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was actually I was just in Italy with Marnie who played Veronica.
1: Iconic. That's amazing. Yeah, just, yeah. That like, is so office. cool. I love yeah.
2: that. That would have been you, the you best chose, like, job, as how a kid I make friends, I guess.
1: Mm. Well,
2: m-
0: most people make friends through work. Yeah. Like, most people make friends through their like office jobs, but you just get to go to Italy to hang out with
1: them. Mm-hmm. Does that mean yeah. she's like the complete opposite of her character in real life? Oh, my God. Marnie's the sweetest <laughs> girl. Come
2: on. You all watch Mortified. Don't I Yeah, true. To... Yeah. But I always loved Veronica.
1: I like really idolized her as a little yeah. kid. Veronica and Carol I I really
2: loved. Yeah. I felt
1: like they represented two sides of myself. <laughs> yeah, I really liked
2: Stevie. I was a Stevie girl. Yeah. That was the girl that I wanted to be. She just... So cool. She seemed unaffected by everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she took no shit. Also, like, was Stevie queer?
0: I definitely mean, definitely I actually Surely. did scientific research and it was 100% true um, <laughs> I can't supply it at this time but, but it was I remember when I was little as well people would be like what do you want to be when you grow up and I was like a jockey <laughs> fully like that was what I wanted to be for a really long time and mum was like who's gonna tell her because <laughs> I'd never ridden a horse <laughs> and I was like and then I think I did like three months of horse riding and then they were like, okay, she's got to progress to the next level and it's going to be like three days a week. Mum looked at the bill and she was like, no. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I, in my expensive.
0: heart, it's so spinny in my yeah. heart, in my heart. Yeah. And when I'm like, you know, a rich, yummy mummy, I'm going to be getting a horse. <laughs> I'm going to be getting a horse and a really hot trainer. Mm -hmm. That that looks like Henry Cavill. Yeah, That looks like Henry I'll pay Henry Cavill. Teach me how to ride a horse. That's the goal in life.
1: (laughs) Okay, Gorge. Well, now that we've got that really serious question Mm -hmm. out of the way. That's one thing (laughs) I was like, I must ask. But we did want to wrap up our chat with a fun little game to basically decide what's superior in the States or in Australia, because we know that you spend a lot of time in both. So okay. things might get heated, you know. We might break the internet with a mm-hmm. couple of these, but, you know, that's just what we have to do mm-hmm. on Two road Chicks. So Australia <laughs> versus America, who has the worst drivers?
2: America. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And okay. I, I feel like I'm going to get into so much trouble. It. <laughs> but, but I live I live in L.A. and L.A. has like just the craziest roads. In the, I, and that's where I learned to drive, actually, because I was 17 there. So. Oh, my God. It. It's, it's hectic. It's like scary driving on the freeway there.
0: Oh, my gosh, yeah, we've been to America a few times and when we're in the back of an Uber, I swear to God, there, like, is puncture wounds in the back of a leather seat <laughs> that I'm in because I'm like, or oh, do you know what I do? I do the imaginary brake. I start pressing my foot <laughs> into the floor. There's no brake there, but, like, I'm braking on the car's behalf and I'm like, oh.
1: Yeah, they're made of different stock over there.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah. our next one, Australia versus America, who's got the better bevies? The bevies? Bevies, Bevoraginos.
2: Everyone else was... Well, it's going to be like Australia, doesn't it? It's a nation of alcoholics. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Woo! Well, you got two of them right here. Because we were, we were debating this ourselves because we were like, look, America's got the free pour, but Australia's mm. got the wet pussy shots. So,
2: <laughs> you know... Oh, my God, that's reminding me of, like, high school too
0: much. Mm-hmm. We were in Hawaii and we tried to order a wet pussy shot and they looked at us and they were like... What did you just call me? Yeah,
1: <laughs> like, this is a sure. universal thing. She was a really good sport. She like Googled what was in it and then tried to make it. Came back with a glass like this big, just full of pure alcohol, and it was like frothy. She would like mixed it. Oh my god! Al was like a real trooper and just threw it back. I like sipped half of mine and was like, I'm going to be
2: sick. It was so hectic.
0: <laughs> I picked up the team and I had hers too.
2: <laughs> I was like, don't right. waste it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't like to waste things either. <laughs> no. yeah.
1: yeah. Better for the environment yeah. as well. <laughs> I had to do both shots <laughs> saving the environment. Yeah. That's how we justified it. Okay. Australia versus America style.
2: Well... Oh, this is <laughs> do you know what you're actually doing to me because this is really cool. I'm going to go with Australia. It's like, Ooh, how come? Because Melbourne. Yeah. Because Melbourne. It's like the cool, like, you know, the trendy Melbourne people that, like, wear all black. But Mm -hmm. it's giving very New York. So I feel like it's a
0: tie. Yeah, a tie. I think a tie is fair because, like, New York fashion is incredible. Mm. But then as well, like, Melbourne fashion is incredible. But then you also get, like, the, like, denim shorts and the thongs in Australia, which, like, I love. (laughs) I was going to say, I kind of vibe that. Yeah, I'm into it. Like a (laughs) bintang. I feel Let's like go. I've been dressing more and more <laughs> like my dad yeah. as the days go by. Oh yeah, I was like talking, I was dressed the other day and I was like, I "Look like my dad." <laughs> All right, next one, Australia versus America. Dating game and pick-up lines. America. Oh. Tell
2: you us didn't why. even hesitate. No, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz well, I don't know if it's good. I just think there's more of it there like mm. it's not really the same the same like culture of like, and look, I don't love the culture, but it exists. And it, you know, like the cat calling the thing, they're mm. like hey. and then like following down the street, like it's very like 90s music video, like <laughs> 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 dancing down the street. And you're know, like, I'd really love to just go and get my coffee if you can leave me alone. yeah True though, they're
0: so much more confident over there to just approach you. Like we were walking down yeah. the street once and, and this guy started walking down next to us. And he's like, what's your name? And I was like, mm. What? is happening you were like I ariel oh, yeah. I think I said, my name was ariel and then i didn't have a boyfriend at the time and i was like yeah my boyfriend he's like what's his name i was like stavros <laughs> he was like european i was like yes he's a pilot
2: like,
0: yeah, yeah. which like also you shouldn't have to say that you have a partner just to get a guy to leave no, you alone
2: no yeah look it's kind of annoying but it's also like kind of funny mm. yeah it's a, a good right. story.
0: And I feel like Australia's level of flirting is just like staring at someone in a bar. Like, maybe being a
1: bit mean to them.
0: Yeah. You're just like, you just like <laughs> side eyeing them, being like, come on,
1: please. <laughs> and then maybe like insulting them and then being like, so do you want to fuck? Yeah. <laughs> or it's like a girl, I'm just like, you're really pretty. And they're like, thanks. I'm like, no, like, you're
0: really pretty. Like sparkles. Like, come on, pick up what I'm putting down. I'm like, you're pretty. You're really pretty. Kiss me. Like,. <laughs> it's great okay
2: and then our our last
0: one australia versus america who's got the better sense of humor
2: australia thank you i was gonna be so (laughs) upset
0: if you said america (laughs) because you know what we've got the sarcasm down pat
1: yeah 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 and we're not afraid to like make fun of ourselves too
2: yeah i was recently at something with a bunch of americans and I, I think it's too much. They were like, I can't tell if what you're saying is real or not. And I was like, well, you'll just never know. <laughs>
0: yeah. I love that you weren't like, no, I'm just kidding.
1: You're like, mm, well, you'll have to figure oh, it out. Keep them
2: on their toes. Keep yeah, I guessing.
1: love that. Yeah, bring yeah. them down a couple of pegs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <They're friends. laughs> oh, yeah, shit, sorry. <laughs> it's character building. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> well, that's a wrap. I feel like Australia won. Yeah, definitely. I'm Australia okay.
2: didn't. Oh, look, I love both places. I've spent many formative years in both different countries and, you know, I have, like, my lineage goes through Australia and through the US and so, like, I don't know, I have love in my heart for both places, but being that, like, this is the soil I was born on, like,
1: you know. Yeah, yeah, you it. can't deny She's it. got a
0: few extra bonus points for that.
1: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, it's already <laughs> been a super busy year for you with lots to come but where can the chicks find you for the rest of the year what else can we look out for
2: yeah I don't know I don't really know what's next I think I'm gonna just kind of float around I'm like kind of excited for the opportunity to maybe start just exploring some things that exist kind of outside of myself Mm. because my job usually entails a lot of like looking in the mirror and thinking about my emotions and crying when people tell me to and smiling when Mm. people tell me to. I think I'm just going to spend a little while kind of seeing if I can help someone else or do something for someone else, something outside of myself. You're amazing.
1: (laughs) I would be like, I will use this time to lay horizontally and sleep for six months. Same.
0: (laughs) you am like I'm, like, I'm no, gonna help people. I'm like fuck. I need to be more like
1: you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I don't know. I just want to be a bit less of a narcissist. You know. We're all oh, you're not
0: a narcissist. Don't don't <laughs> say that. Don't say
2: that about my best friend. Oh, <laughs> okay. <my> best friend? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. I just I just want to do something different. I want to like go outside my comfort zone a little bit. That's amazing. I'm so, so excited like, to see. To see.
1: Yeah. 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 Incredible. Yeah. It's gonna be amazing. Well, thank you so much, Aisha, for coming on the show. It has been an absolute pleasure. You've definitely lived up to the very high standards that we had of you (laughs) already. (laughs) Exceeded, exceeded. (laughs) Absolutely. So, thank you so much. As always, thanks to you, chicks, for having us in your ear holes. We love to be here. And thank you to MIK Made for making today's episode possible. Bye, chicks. Bye.